that. Uh, it would be not the nicest song to play today. But anyway, we'll play it later. And uh, why is because um, I'm tr- I want you to sit back when the book of Revelation was written. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll be looking at uh, some ideas from the mid- Middle Ages. We cannot escape the theology of the 70s. And the one that we have now, I am very concerned. Uh, I'm not sure which way the theology of Revelation is going. So uh, you have to excuse me if I don't pick on the latest. Uh, so I've been looking, I've considered it, but maybe not so sure. So uh, I am using commentaries, some of them, and uh, not too many. So let's go to the song. church, I say we uh, globally have moved from that type of thought into praise and worship. So most of the songs that we sing today had to do about praise and worship. And thank you, Jessica, for picking songs of hope this morning because we really need it. Uh, while they prepare that, um, let's, um, let's pray. And it's an unusual prayer. This morning, I, I, I almost prayed for... Wherever would be on the seven churches, today is on uh, the four horsemen, which is part of the seven seals, and I will be reading from uh, Revelation chapter 6 in a minute, but um, the seven seals is uh, a small portion of... of of the whole Bible, but uh, the seven seals have to do with a book, a scroll, but it's in the Bible. And the Bible, uh, the book of Revelation, takes seven chapters, almost one-third. Revelation has got 22 chapters. Seven chapters are dedicated to this scroll, to this book. And some people have said that this book definitely is the book of life. has to be. So as the seals are starting to open, it has to do with the book of life. Others are saying that this is something to do with uh, revealing the end times, uh, what uh, Daniel was sealed. This is a book that Daniel was given a revelation and now is being opened up. So in the book of Daniel, Daniel is given a prophecy and he pulls a curtain over the window and people could not see outside the window. So it was very much, you had to interpret it as it happened. With the book of Revelation, God is telling John not to seal it, to open the curtain so we can see through the window what's going on outside. And so uh, from chapter 5, 1 to eleven nineteen, it deals with this book. This book is very important. I will not tell you what I think, because uh, it's a mystery, and I don't think that you would know what it is. But we can certainly think and, and maybe you know, consider that it could be the book of life. It could be the book of the end of uh, times. It could be the book of Daniel. Irrelevant. It happens to be very, very important if Revelation dedicates seven chapters to it. 
And so we'll be looking at uh, the four horsemen uh, on, yep, it's on. I need to point somewhere, maybe, maybe not. Okay, I'll just uh, keep talking until you. So, uh, I'll read from uh, chapter 6, verse 1, and I will read only a few verses. It says, uh, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Thank you. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like a thunder, Come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. It's right up below, held a, a, a bow, and he was given a crown. And he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard what, was, what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. Do not damage the oil and the wine. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice from the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind. They were given power over the fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. And so here we have uh, uh, some artists have decided to paint, uh, do a painting of the of the four horsemen. Uh, there is another one there, very drastic uh, paintings, of course. Um, and uh, so today the title will be The Fourth Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And uh, I would like to go and start with the very first uh, horse. Well, this is basically an introduction to, to the four of them. There is enough room to deal each sermon or more than one sermon with each of their horses. And as I watch, by the way, this is the NIV version. I use it because most of us here use it, but I think that there are, uh, it's, some things are not as accurate. Uh, there are other versions that are more accurate, and that can throw us out. In fact, I had a conversation with David Tomek yesterday, and I mentioned to him that the key was uh, in how we read this. Um, I watched as the Lamb open the first of the seven seals, and they should say they're one of the seven seals. So when you see the first, you hear the first immediately, you think, oh, uh, it goes in order. This does not necessarily go in order. So one of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the, uh, uh, the volumeing creatures say in a voice like a thunder come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, Stephanos. This is a different crown. The crown Stephanos, I'll show you in a minute what it looks like. And he wrote out as a conqueror bent on conquest. 
So that's a crown Stephanos. It's made out of, not out of gold, it's made out of uh, bay leaf, and it was given to the conquerors that played in the games. So this is not a kingly crown. This is a crown of someone who goes and fights and wins, or competes and wins. And, um, and that's uh, a... Um, Does anyone know what that is? That is not from the book of Revelation. That writer is a Parthian. That's how the Parthians. So the Parthians were the first ones that could ride a horse and having a bow and an arrow in their hand. Later the Mongols adopted that, uh, that trait, and uh, much later we found out that the American Indians could do it as well. But the Parthians was the first ones. They were very well known. And by the way, Rome never defeated the, Parthian, the Parthians. They had many, many wars. And so these horsemen had every look, everything looked like a Parthian to the people, to the people reading from this book. And so, where is, where is the Parthian Empire? The Parthian Empire was from 250 BC to 224 AD. So, the book of Revelation was written somewhere between, some say 60 AD, some say 90 AD. Irrelevant, let's not have a look at that, but let's take a look at the big picture. So, the Parthian Empire was still well alive. And the gray is Rome, and there is a sort of marked zone which uh, Rome controlled at times, and, and, uh, and there were a lot of wars uh, at that point. And if you look at that point, the red point, the red dot that I just put up there, that's Israel. And the second one is where the seven churches are, and basically where John is writing, not far from there, from the island of Patmos. So what do the people think? Where is this writer coming from? If he looks like a Parthian, he's coming from where? From which direction? Geographically. From the east. Thank you. And where is Jesus supposed to come from? From the east. Uh, that's, the, that's when he looked at the, at the, uh, from the Mount of Olives and, uh, and at the gate. Uh, so this would look very much, this is definitely not Christ. This is the Antichrist. Many theologians have thought that this is Christ. No, no, no. Why? Because Jesus, in a moment we will have a look, has a different crown, not the crown Stephanos. So the people from, uh, from the church, from, from uh, uh, the seven churches to whom the letter was written, they would be expecting someone that comes on a horse. And by the way, you can read Zechariah mainly in Zechariah mentions, that the horse was the fastest thing on earth that they knew. That's why the angels were riding on a horse and, and go around the earth like on a satellite. Uh, how fast goes a satellite? An hour, Ben, you should know these things. Like 28,000 miles an hour. I'm glad that you keep track of those things, see? I don't have to think about it. Anyway, but it's, in those days, there was the fastest thing, the horse. So these things would happen very quickly. They knew that these things would just click and happen. Wow, the horse bolted. The thing that we don't know is what this horse was doing. We had no idea. It just went conquering like on conquest. How do we know that it's not Jesus? Well, in Revelation 19:11, it says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, again, you see a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. 
with justice he justice uh, he judges and wages war his eyes are like blazing fire and on his head he had a uh, many crowns called diadem the crown that jesus is wearing is called diadem he has a name written on he on him that no one knows but himself so um, I, I mentioned this many times uh, uh, in, in a previous series that I had, that we know God by Him, or He, or the one that is, or the I am. But as far, and we have, we have like Messiah, Savior, a lot of adjectives. But as for the name of God, we don't know His name. Even uh, Yahweh is I am. So Yahweh Elohim, I am God. Elohim is God. So only he knows his name, no one else. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. So a different crown altogether. So the first horseman couldn't possibly be Jesus. And uh, it continues saying, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. It doesn't say anything about the first rider. Coming out of his mouth is a, not a bow, a sharp sword. Very different to the first one. with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so that is the very first rider. The first rider is not Jesus, at least to me. You might have a different opinion, just like many other uh, scholars would have different opinions to me. There's a lot of characteristics here that definitely is not Jesus. And so there is some similarities, and that's why it says there will be many prophets that will come, false prophets, and we have to be watchful about it. Um, when the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, Come, and another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. Incidentally, and I'll be putting the verse a little bit later, but Jesus spoke about this. A nation will rise against nation and, and, and people, neighbors, uh, and even brothers. Uh, it says that a family will betray family. So this time, it's a, it's a, whoever was reading this, they would have thought, wow, how could that happen? How could a brother betray a brother? How could a nation rise against nation? How can even the people within be one against the other? But that's the type of thing that will happen. And, and, it's, uh, and, and it will happen very quickly. So until uh, a month ago, two months ago, we thought these things could happen very slowly. But with what's happening now with coronavirus, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, Look, in what a short time the landscape can change. Is it quick? I think it's quicker than a horse. It's very quick. 
These things, these prophecies were written so people would be shaken up and think, I need to be ready because many people leave it. Oh, when I see these things happening, I will give my life to Christ. I don't think that you have enough time. That's why the book is saying, do it now. You know, follow Christ now because when the time comes, it will be so quickly that you might not have the time to even think or consider. Your mind will be cluttered with many other things. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures say, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. In this, uh, particular, uh, this particular rider, when he comes out, the voice that comes from among the four living creatures is, uh, is whether stating, making a statement, or foretelling, or suggesting, but all we know is that uh, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages, you can make barely enough bread for one person to live. It's one person. So we're talking of poverty. We're talking of very, very low wages. We're talking of people not having enough food on the table. That's what it's talking about. And you get even less bread out of barley. So one kilo of wheat for a day's wages. Can you imagine that? Is it possible? Well, it is. Very much so. And we will come back to that. But it says, um, do not damage the oil and the wine. Now, I heard many, many interpretations. One among is that the rich were able to afford oil and wine, and therefore do not touch the rich people. I am not so sure. And why? Because I, I'm trying to use the main thing as Scripture. So Scripture is the first base that I use for Revelation. Secondly, I rely on history. So that's the second best thing that I have. So if I don't find any Scripture, I need to go to history, like what we went on the map of the Parthians. Thirdly, would be to look at what is happening in the environment that we have. And, uh, but they, be, they can become very dangerous. So the interpretation here, and when we look at the scriptures, when we look at uh, Luke chapter 10, 34, it says, He went to him, this is a good Samaritan, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on him, what? Oil and wine. So this is about medicine, yeah? Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took, it, took care of him. Pardon me, I shouldn't cough. Hey, don't, don't leave the church. I don't think that... Um, that's better. So, um, the, um, the oil and the wine, you probably remember, I was going to say, Apostle Paul telling Timothy to put a little bit of wine in the water, yeah, to drink wine. Have some wine because of your illness. And why was that? Because uh, the streets in, um, in Old and Rome where convex, convex is like that. Uh, the street in the New Jerusalem in chapter 22 is concave, very different. We'll look at that later. But this street that was uh, con convex, 
as horses would be driving and soldiers and all the droppings from the horses would be washed by rain, that water would be collected in lakes and that water was contaminated and people would get sick. And so alcohol was, today too, alcohol is one of the best disinfectants, kills germs. They use it in hospitals. So Apostle Paul is telling Tim, hey, Tim, use some alcohol, use some wine in your water or in your drinking so you can at least kill the germs. So that's what wine was doing. Uh, another... Another thing about uh, this is that oil was used for uh, putting on wounds and also for light. There was no other type of fuel. It was uh, electricity was not there, so olive oil or oil was used to light the place. So do not touch, you know, there is a suggestion there uh, or a command, you know, do not damage the oil and the wine. Uh, I, I can still see God's love through all this compassion for humanity, even those that don't believe in him. You know, give him some dignity. Give him something. You know, if there is, the enemy is bringing all this poverty, um, but at least give him some dignity. I still see, even in that, the love of God. And so we are going to the, uh, next uh, seal, when the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice from the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades followed him close behind. They were given power over the fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. The, I love the terminology in which it's written. So, Jesus is telling John about the way that mythology, they understood mythology and cosmology in those days. And he says the Greek word, that the name of the horse was Thanatos. And you probably have seen uh, pictures, especially those that come from old Europe. There was a sickle and death was always portrayed as someone who, uh, and th that's how death was. And that's from Greek mythology. So Jesus calls death Thanatos. Thanatos is the name of the writer, and Hades, which is the one that rules the underworld, uh, is following close behind, swallowing people. And this uh, fourth uh, uh, writer was given over uh, power over the fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Now, I underline that because that is a mouthful, really is. I'll try to go a little bit onto that, but... Let's have a look at today's population is 7.8 billion people. A quarter would be 1.95 billion people. That's a lot of people to die. One quarter of the world's population. Is it possible that the world population could be killed in a very short time? That number? A month ago, we didn't think that. Now, we're all scared. Uh, I probably thinking, Oscar, are you, th are you saying the coronavirus is, is uh, this thing? No, I'm not saying that. Because I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what coronavirus is. I don't know what to think. I'm not smarter than you. I have no idea. Some people are saying it's like, all these conspiracies that are coming, that it was man-made uh, and it was planted or that it escaped. I heard one comment uh, and everybody is trying to, to get, you know, some mileage out of this. Uh, 
there was a, a, an article by some vegans saying, oh, it happened in the Wuhan market, at the, at the wet market, and because people are eating meat, that's why this came out. If people were all vegans, this would not have happened. Lovely. Should we give an applause? There was another one that was uh, about protecting wildlife. That, uh, you know, it shouldn't eat wildlife, and that's why, because they were eating wildlife, that's why this happened in Wuhan, and, and so they, they have their, their, their way of thinking. And, uh, and then... Uh, about uh, uh, that, uh, you know, this is a Donald Trump thing. Well, maybe we should applaud them. Now, another one is this is the, the left trying to, this is conspiracies that I heard. This is, I'm not making them up. That uh, uh, the left has um, done this so Donald Trump does not get elected in America. I mean, how silly people can be. Forget about the conspiracies. Look at the text. I have no idea why this virus is. I don't know how big it is. But one thing for sure, that if there was a loony that wanted to control the world, does not need conventional weapons. You realized that there is no need anymore for nuclear bombs. You can enslave people with a simple virus, could you not? Yeah? You don't need arms anymore. We have a weapon better and stronger than any other weapon in history. So if the Antichrist is somewhere there roaming around, I'm sure that he has got a nice weapon now in his hands. We know how to control people. We know how to get them to get the mark. You know, no, no, no mark, no vaccine. I don't know. I'm just imagining these things. So this is not... I'm not making these things up. This is not a prophecy that I'm telling you. Now, this makes me think about differently than what I thought in the past. So is this virus that plague there? I don't know. However, if it's not this one, there will be one. Agree? Yeah, I think so. Why? Because the Bible says it. So this might not be there. Bees knees. This might not be the hoo-ha thing. But one is coming that will be. Yeah. And uh, interesting. So killing by sword. I heard some disturbing things uh, which again change change the landscape when you when you when you when you hear and when you see and what people are capable of. So now um, those that are in some places, and I'm not sure whether this is true, but you will read it, that um, they're giving treatment to those that have a better chance of survival. What are we saying? Let the other ones die. Is that what we're saying? And, uh, and who are the wild beasts? Any idea? You see, someone would have read, oh, of course, maybe some big things like dinosaurs. No, no, that's unthinkable. Uh, snakes, spiders in Australia will come and crawl on us. And in Africa will be lions and, and leopards. And uh, in uh, South America, pumas. And, and they will come and kill human beings. I'm going to read a letter of Polycarp before his martyrdom. And this was very common, the way they interpreted this 
idea about the wild beasts. This is Polycarp 2.4. In like manner, also those that were condemned to the wild beasts endured fearful punishments, being made to lie on sharp shelves and buffeted with the other forms of manifold tortures that the devil might, if possible, by the persistence of the punishment bring on them to a denial. For he tried many vows against them. Are we talking about wild beasts there? Are we talking about leopards? No. He's talking about Roman soldiers. You can read the letter. Uh, the, he, there is another, um, another uh, or, or a few uh, references about wild beasts in the letter of Polycarp. There is uh, other church fathers that speak about wild beasts referring to Roman soldiers because of the treatment, the way they would treat people. And of course, people were also thrown to wild beasts in the arena. Yeah, So I'm not saying that the wild beasts were not real, but in this case is referring there because if there was a wild beast, how can they endure fearful punishments? How can they be laid down on sharp shelves and, and, uh, and buffeted? And uh, so, um, and it's in a discreet way. How do you write a letter when you're being persecuted? You have to encode it somehow in some way. Yeah? So let's summarize. The white horse, bow and crown, Stephanos, we don't know what he came out at this stage later. There is some clues, uh, which we will not go into it now. The red horse had a large sword, power to take away peace, people to kill each other. The black horse had a pair of scales, sets the wages, protects oil and wine. And the pale horse, rides Thanatos, followed by Hades, power to kill by sword, famine, plague, and wild beasts. Now, let's go to the conspiracy that we're having today. Black Death. In a 13, between 1347 and 1351, there were between 75 and 200 million infected. Yeah? Uh, sorry. Uh, the... Uh, the uh, 475 thousand it shouldn't be a million there the spanish flu from 1918 to 1920 one year more or less uh no more january 1918 december 1920 500 million infected and they don't know it could have been between 17 to 50 even to 100 million that died out of a 1.9 billion population. Taking the 50% figure, between 17 and 50%, there was 27% of the population. Was that the end of the world? No. HIV has killed 36 million. And uh, the Antonine Plague in 165 to 180 killed uh, 5 million people. So we have had diseases and people that there was very close to Revelation at 165 uh, to 180, they would have thought it's the end. The people with their, uh, during the Spanish flu, they had World War I, yeah, 
and riding on the backdrop of World War I, so talking about wars and people killing each other, then you have this, uh, um, this disease that kills uh, uh, between, who knows, say 50 million people. And they thought, this is it. This is the end. And straight after that comes uh, Mussolini and Adolf Hitler and, and Franco, and they thought, this is the end. And so, were they wrong? No, they were not wrong. It's just that every time we see something and we hear these things, we need to wake up. We need to lift up your heads and look to heaven. Look to Jesus because he is coming soon. Let's finish. Matthew 24, 4. Jesus then said, watch out that no one deceives you. All these conspiracy theories, stay away from them. Do not, and they are the false prophets, do not, please, do not fall for conspiracies. Do not propagate them. Do not spread them around. That's a disease in itself, yeah? Do not propagate any of these uh, uh, conspiracy theories. For many will come in my name. You don't know the damage you can do, see? You, it's fine for you to read them. But you have no idea the damage that you could do to someone through a conspiracy story. To a 14, 15, 16, 12-year-old, 18-year-old, 25-year-old, and even a 70-year-old. The conspiracy theories should be totally out. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And so we shouldn't be part of that. Uh, if it sounds like something, let's watch out and see. Let's pray about it. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. And what conspiracies do? Alarm people, yeah? Do not be alarmed. Um, such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Church, we live in very sensitive times. Is it the end? I don't know. Only the Father knows, yeah? So let's not speculate here. Does, do these things make us think? Yeah, definitely. Should we be alarmed? Not. In fact, we should rejoice because our redemption is getting closer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the comfort that we have from your word. Thank you for the words of Jesus. Thank you for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in uh, providing for us the word of life. That we will not be in despair, that we will not be afraid but that we will rejoice because you are coming back you are putting an end to the era of sin you're putting an end to pain and suffering you're putting an end to persecution you're putting an end to the sword and to famines and plagues you are coming to redeem we pray 
that we will be ready. And Lord Jesus, we join the Spirit and the Spirit and the Bride. We all say, come Lord Jesus, yes, come quickly. Save us and redeem us. Thank you for your word. We pray that you would bless all the people that are in fear, those that are in bondage, and that you would deliver us from evil.